Well, good evening, everyone. It's good that we can come together for worship. And a big welcome if you're watching online. And uh, yeah, our prayer above all is that the Lord will be with us as we meet together. I want to read a f- uh, share a few verses uh, with you. We, uh, we looked at them in Rooted this morning. I thought they were particularly, particularly beautiful, um, and especially at this time of year. And that's, they can be found in Paul's um, letter to the Philippians and chapter 2. Have this mind among yourselves, which was yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Where's that same Jesus we will be worshipping this evening, and what a privilege, and that we can bow, bend our knee um, to, to the Saviour of the earth, and um, yeah, the name like there is no other. Before our first song, I've got a few refreshments to share with you. A few refreshments, a few notices. One of them is about refreshments. <laughs> Sorry, I have to wait for those. So there are refreshments after the service, and um, I've been asked to encourage you to bring the refreshments back into um, back into the chapel building so that um, things can be set up in the hall um, for the funeral on Tuesday. Um, also, there is a card in the foyer, a Christmas card for you to sign and share um, Christmas wishes with each other. And that is on the table in the foyer. Also coming up this week, we have um, home groups on Thursday evening. Um, and your leaders will be in touch with the, with the passages that you'll be looking at. And if, you'd like, if you're not part of a home group and would like to be, then please speak to one of the elders who can um, sort that out for you. On Sunday morning, God willing, we have the family service at 10.30. Um, so there'll be no um, thrive or rooted, but the family service is on at 10.30. Um, so feel free to invite friends and family to that. And also the candlelit service at 6.30 on Sunday evening. We're going to start with our first song, and it fits all into the theme of the, this evening's um, uh, topic, which is Into This World, which John is preaching from a little bit later. And uh, in the second verse of, of the carol, we, we, ring, we read, um, Veiled in flesh, the Godhead see, hail the incarnate deity, pleased as man with us to dwell, Jesus our Emmanuel. So let's stand and sing.
And let us pray. Let us pray for the time we have together now and, and to praise our God. Heavenly Father, as we come and bow ourselves before you, Lord, we bend our knee knowing that you are the creator of our lives, you are the creator of the earth that we live in, and Lord, you are our only hope of salvation. And as we bow before you this evening, Lord, we pray for your presence to be with us as we uh, worship you t- uh, tonight. We pray, Lord, that our hearts will be full of praise to you, for Lord, it's the least we can do. And Lord, we thank you for the, that our debt of sin is cancelled through Jesus Christ, our Saviour. And Lord, as we worship tonight, we pray for a full heart. Lord, we thank you that, uh, that we can come together this evening and we pray it will be an evening well spent. We pray, Lord, that uh, your spirit will be with us, moving among us and teaching us and uh, opening our hearts and purifying us so that we are made more like you. We thank you, Lord, that we can come to, uh, to a church building with the doors are uh, wide open for us to come in and that we can come without fear of, of any kind of persecution in, in, or anything in that regard. But, Lord, we can come and uh, worship in peace. But we pray, Lord, that won't be a blessing that we can take for granted, that we will take for granted. But we pray, Lord, for a heart full of thankfulness. For, Lord, truly you are good and kind. And sometimes, Lord, we can be a little bit guilty of being um, uh, perhaps a little, just a little bit repetitive in the way that we come to church. But we pray, Lord, that we will come tonight because, because we want to worship you and for no other reason. We thank you, Lord, that uh, that you understand our weaknesses and our frailties and that, Lord, that's not held against us, but that, Lord, we are seen perfect, perfect when we are clothed in Jesus' righteousness. So, Lord, as we worship you tonight, we pray that your name will be glorified, that our hearts will be touched by your word and that we will hear your voice deep into our hearts and it will have an effect upon us. We thank you, Lord, that your word is enough and uh, we pray that you will um, reveal your word to us and that, Lord, um, we don't have to dress it up in any way, that we, we can come, Lord, with uh, knowing that what you say in your word is true. And we pray, Lord, for your spirit to, to change lives and hearts. We pray, Lord, that people will be turned to Jesus if they've never done that before. And for those of us, all that have followed after Jesus, just please refresh that love so we might feel it new once more. We pray that our hearts will be overflowing with love to you. Lord, the Christmas story is... Uh, the, um, the very uh, reason that we can call ourselves Christian because Jesus came and we pray then uh, that we won't tire of it and grow numb to, to its power but we pray Lord that you will uh, open it up like we've never seen it before or Lord we might see it in new ways and see the wonders and the obedience of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ giving up all the riches of heaven and, uh, and coming to this uh, sin-filled earth and, and to pay the price of the sins that we've committed. Lord, we praise you for that. We ask salvation is completely dependent upon you. And we ask, Lord, as we worship tonight, that, um, that we will rely on you for uh, all, the, all the help that we need to, to give you that worship this evening. So, Father, come and make one in our midst, we pray, and be glorified. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We've got, a, we've got three readings this evening, and I'm going to... We're going to start in John chapter 1. The Gospel according to John chapter 1 and we're reading from verse 14 to 18.
John chapter 1 verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. And from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. The only God who is at the Father's side, he has made him known. And then if you flick forward a couple of chapters, we're looking in John chapter 3. And we're reading from verse 16 to 21. Verse 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world and people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked, wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light lest his work should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light since it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. Our third reading will be after our next our next song and again we're, we're in this theme of into this world and in the second verse we read yet you left the gaze of angels came to seek and save the lost and exchanged the joy of heaven for the anguish of a cross let's stand and sing
Our third reading this evening is 1 John chapter 4 verses 7 to 14 on page 1023. Beloved, let us love one another. Our love is from God and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. In this love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. By this, we know that we abide in him and he in us, because he has given of us his spirit. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the Saviour of the world. Thank you, Tom. Well, let's bow our heads and pray again. Heavenly Father, it's a great privilege to be able to come and pray again and we thank you for your uh, listening ears and your willingness to uh, hear and answer our prayers. And Lord, we thank you for uh, today and um, the time we've been able to spend together worshipping in various ways and the fellowship we enjoy. We thank you, Lord, for uh, the blessings of of this this church brings us. We thank you, Lord, for the willingness of many to... um, help with activities and and groups and we thank you Lord for the opportunities that we have to share the wonderful news of our Saviour and Father as we meet tonight we want your presence to be with us we we thank you Lord for um, all that we've we we heard this morning as well and Lord as we um, we read of the the great promise that the fulfilment of the prophecy that John the Baptist would um, point the way towards Jesus we pray Lord that tonight we will see Jesus um, by, by faith and Lord, we thank you for uh, Thrive and Rooted that happened this morning as well. We pray for your blessing upon everything that was said and uh, discussed there. And we pray, Lord, for the children and the young people as they go into their last week of school, that, Lord, they, maybe they might be able to carry something that they heard today with them on their way. And that, Lord, it might be a, a good week for them. And, Lord, as they get to the end of term, you know how tiring it can be for them. And, Lord, with the, with the dark evenings and mornings, Lord, it makes for a long day. So we pray, Lord, that... Um, they will get to the end of the week and they'll be able to do their best in that time. We thank you, Lord, for, for the holidays, that they'll get time to rest and we pray that that will do them good. Lord, we pray as well that as we go into the, uh, get really close now to the Christmas period, Lord, we, we look forward to it with great excitement to so many things, to be with family and food and, and, and have good times together. But Lord, we never want to lose sight of the preciousness of the, of the reason. And uh, Lord, we pray that uh, you'll be able um, be working a very powerful work this Christmas time in the hearts of those who don't yet know you. And Lord, we, you know how we um, have opportunities to share your word as well with those that never get to hear the, about the things of God. And Lord, we look forward to that and we pray that there might be many opportunities and um, people touched by your word in that way. And Lord, we also pray for those who come along regularly and um, have not yet made that step of faith to follow Jesus Christ. 
We pray for them, Lord, that, that they too will be impacted by your word. For Lord, your word is very, very powerful and we pray that that will be uh, evident to us. And Lord, in the, uh, in, the, in the week coming up, Lord, you know that um, there's lots happening and we pray, Lord, for um, the young family as they have uh, Graham's funeral this week. We pray that that will um, go smoothly and um, as planned. Lord, we pray that you'll be a great comfort to them and they might feel the nearness of your spirit as they, uh, as they uh, lay Graham to rest. And um, Father, we, uh, we pray for that situation, that you'll be working in a very special way and uh, Lord, Lord, good may come out of it, as, as difficult as it uh, may be for them. We pray for them each and that, Lord, you'll be really, really close to them. And Lord, with the upcoming services on Sunday, we pray that your spirit will be working then as well. And that, Lord, you will, um, uh, that, that people will see the, the wonders of Jesus coming to this earth. And uh, Lord, it might, might do them good. For Lord, we have such great news to share that, you are, that there is hope in, in this very dark world. And in a world Lord, where, the, where the news is just so, uh, so negative and there's so much sadness and loss there's so much hatred in the world lord and we feel like we see it more and more with the availability of um of, of just how quick the news goes around the world um it just seems such a sad place lord so broken uh, all as a result of our sin and we pray that um we as christians might be a shining light for you and that lord in the way that we behave and conduct ourselves in our everyday life that lord we might be able to point jesus uh, point people to jesus and, uh, and Lord, we pray that you will, in, this, uh, as we've, in one of our readings there, that people will love the darkness rather than the light. And Lord, people are very, uh, we as people are very greedy and selfish, Lord. We want to put ourselves first. But we pray, Lord, that above all, we will serve you first. And, uh, and, and that, Lord, we will then esteem others more highly than ourselves. Uh, help us to get our lives in the right perspective. And uh, Lord, teach us to be more like you. Give us a big heart, Lord, for uh, the people around us. Help us to show the love of Jesus in everything we do. And Father, as we think of the things going on in the world, we pray that you will intervene in these really sad situations that we're seeing uh, with the wars in the Middle East and in Ukraine. Father, it just seems that sometimes when we read it, it's like water for ducks back. It doesn't mean a lot to us. But Lord, there is so much sadness and loss, so many people grieving and crying out uh, for a solution. Um, but Lord, we pray that they might find hope and comfort in you. That Lord, there might be ways and means of your word spreading into those situations that will bring hope. And Lord, we pray that there will be peace. But we also, Lord, want to have you to have your way and work in the way that you see fit. And sometimes that really hurts us. It feels like it hurts us badly. But Lord, we pray that through every situation that that we will know that you're in control. And Lord, even in our own lives, sometimes we we, we have struggles and. And sometimes those struggles go on for a long time. But we thank you that you are in control of everything. And, and Lord, sometimes that can be hard to see and feel. But Lord, we, we thank you for the truth of it. We pray for a believing heart to really trust it, even in the darkest of times. So Father, as we, as we come now for, uh, to, to, to hear this, uh, the, uh, this, what John's got to say in the sermon, we pray for John, that Lord, you will speak through him into us. And that Lord... Um, we pray that he will be able to fill your presence with him and uh, that he will be blessed in his own soul too. We thank you for the faithful preaching that we get week to week here. We thank you, Lord, for Mark and for John and all that they do for us, the way that they faithfully lead us through your word. We pray, Lord, that it will be, never be something we can take for, that we will take for granted, but that, Lord, we will uh, truly treasure 
So thank you, Lord, for all of your goodness to us. Truly, you are great. We pray for your blessing upon the, the upcoming week as well. Lord, as we, some of us may be fearing the week ahead, we pray, Lord, that you will comfort us and be with us every step of the way as you have promised. And help us, Lord, to be faithful to you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's sing our third song and then John will be preaching to us. And our third song is From Heaven You Came, Helpless Babe. Enter thou world, your glory veiled, not to be served but to serve and give your life that we might live. Let's stand and sing.
Well, we have another approaching Christmas uh, message this evening, uh, which I've given the title, Into This World, Into This World. And uh, I want us to, to explore and to, to think through uh, some of the, the words the Bible uses to describe Jesus entering into the world. He's coming onto the world's stage. He's descending into our history. And I'm going to look at four words. I'm going to look at four words. Is this working out all right? It's because it's coming and going a bit. Is it as normal? Yep. Okay, perhaps it's my ears. Okay. I'm going to look at four words um, in the Bible uh, used to describe this. And... Uh, if, if you're into grammar, they're, they're verbs. I think they're verbs. Anyway, I'm not greatly into grammar, so you can correct me afterwards. Can you think of four different <coughs> verbs, different words used to describe God entering into the world? I've been reading an Advent book um, this uh, last few days, this month, and uh, it's by David Mattis. It's called The Christmas We Didn't Expect. Maybe some of you have uh, seen it or read it. The Christmas We Didn't Expect. And uh, one of the days earlier this week, it, it briefly mentioned these four words and it set me thinking and uh, my sort of preaching faculty started to be mobilised and I thought, mm, yeah, this could be really good for us come Sunday evening to explore and to think about so here we are, we're going to explore and think about them. Now there are probably more than these four words. Maybe you're starting to think what the four words are. Well there's probably more than four, you can come back to me afterwards, that won't be a, a bad thing for us to be thinking along those lines. In fact I've added one since in my own mind. Uh, but these four do, they combine slightly different perspectives um, which will get us thinking and I'm hoping will just refresh our understanding and will stir up a sense of adoration and worship. But also at the end of each of the four, we're just going to, I'm going to give a little practical outshot of uh, something very practical to think of, which is, just flows from it as well. Um, so I'm hoping that's helpful, but n not to obliterate the desire for us just to understand and worship. Well, perhaps the easiest is, is the first, um, and that is just the word came. Came. And we get used to this word, don't we? He came. But it's amazing that it's happened at all, isn't it? He came. The Son of God, outside of this world, with his Father in glory, and he chose to come. He came. Maybe you can think of some verses in the Bible or phrases about Jesus which say he came. Have a think about that. It would be good to share that in a minute. Things which just reinforce this point that he came. And as you think of those verses... That they'll underline this wonderful truth that he came, but probably for a lot of them, they'll add a, an intention and a reason, purpose, that he came. So any verses that, 
that uh, come to mind. You don't have to give the reference, just a little summary of the verse or reference of saying that Jesus came. Yeah, Jesus, he came. I came not for sinners, but to, not for righteous, but to call sinners to repentance. That's one. Yeah, came to his own and his own received them not. Not to get five before we move on. Thank you. He came into the world to save sinners. Faithful saying, worthy of all acceptance. 1 Timothy 1.15 Yes, came not to be served, but to serve and give his life a ransom for many. He came to bear witness to the truth. There are a lot, aren't there? The Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. How about this one? John 6.38 I think this is quite uh, significant. Context of the context of this evening. For I have come down, come down. I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. I came not to destroy the law, but to fulfil the law. Hebrews 10, verse 5, it's just a final one. Consequently, when Christ came into the world, he said, sacrifices and offerings you have not desired, but a body you have prepared for me. We often call this period Advent, um, uh, and as I'm not into grammar, nor am I into Latin, so uh, those of you who are can correct me on this, or if you've dabbled with it at Bennett, so they, they have done it at Bennett, haven't they? Maybe you can correct me, but the, the, the Latin um, for Advent is coming. Latin for Advent means coming. There's two comings we're thinking of, but we're thinking about the first this evening. He came. Now what's the opposite of coming, that helps, helps us think about it a bit more. Well, it's staying away, isn't it? It's staying away. It's, sorry? That's one way of looking at it. I was thinking along in terms of staying away or staying home. And sometimes for good reason, so people can't be here tonight and maybe they're watching at home and they're unwell and they can't come, so they've stayed at home. They haven't come. You might have people missing from your Christmas gatherings um, because they can't make it. They can't come, so they stay back. Uh, But sometimes people stay home. They stay away because it's just easier. It's more comfortable. It's less risky. But Jesus came. Jesus came into this world the eternal Son entered time. The Lord of heaven came to earth. From heaven you came, helpless babe. He came down from earth to heaven. He came. I want some of these words that we're so familiar with to start to actually have a bit of resonance and depth to us. He came. A practical outshot of this. You know, to go and to be with someone is often a great blessing. To go where they are. Of 
course we can't be everywhere, we can't go everywhere, do everything, but to come and be with people is a, a great blessing. This is where the fifth word comes in. The word visited is sometimes used in the Bible about uh, what happens at Christmas, God visiting. And that combines this same thought, doesn't it? Coming and visiting. And visiting people, you know, is it's a lovely thing and it's a, a God-like thing. Especially when people can't come to you and you choose to go to them and maybe sometimes it's at some cost and discomfort to you. Uh, it's a great blessing to them and uh, it's a Christ-like thing. It's in keeping with Christmas. And I know some of you do visit those who can't get out. And that's a wonderful thing. He came. One of the words we can think of at this time of year. Our second word just adds a bit to it and it's BK. BK. He took on something. Thinking of the verse we read in John chapter 1 and verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. He took on humanity. Didn't stop being God. No, he's fully God and fully man. The, the two natures of Christ were in what's called hypostatic union, the personal union of Christ's human and divine nature, which is so hard for us to fully grasp. But he, the Son of God, became flesh. The early, sometimes thought of as a Christian hymn, is in 1 Timothy 3 and verse 16. It's not the only 3.16 we'll come across the evening, this evening. 1 Timothy 3.16 He was manifested in the flesh or some translations have it God was manifest in the flesh. He became. He took on a human body. He took on human emotions. He took on human thoughts. He took on human limitations in a way which we just can't fully fathom. He was made in all things like we are. Hebrews 2 verse 14 says this, Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things. Jump into verse 17, Therefore he had to be made like his brothers in every respect. We needed a, a mediator who was both God and man. And the Son of God said, I will become like them to save them. That's where we get the, the word incarnate. It's another Latin link. It means in the flesh, 
God incarnate, God in the flesh. Talk about the incarnation at this time of year, quite a posh term, but that's what it's referring to. So you look at yourself, and you think of yourself, and you have hands, and you have arms, and you have a a nose, and you have fingers, and you breathe, and you blink, and you move, and you touch, and you feel pain. Of course you are, you're human. And he chose to be like you, to save people like you. As a human, you suffer. You you get sore throats, and you get toothache, and you bang your head, and you twist your ankle, and you feel the pain of insults. And he felt pain. He took on humanity. He chose to. He became flesh. He chose to suffer like you, to save people like you. He became. It's quite a rich word, isn't it, when you start to think about it. He came, he became. The Word, that's talking of the Son of God, the Word, became flesh and dwelt among us. A practical outshot of this one. Sometimes there's talk these days of incarnational ministry. Incarnational ministry, it's quite a big term, isn't it? But the line of thought is really this, that as God became like us, so we look to get alongside others, to live with them, to know them, to get involved with them incarnational ministry as God became like us so we to some degree become like others now you can go too far with this as you can imagine if you think it through but there is some truth to this let me just give you one little verse 1 Corinthians 9 which shows Paul doing this verse 22 to the weak I became weak that I might win the weak I have become all things to all people that by all means I might save some. So there's a little outshot there, isn't there? Looking to get alongside people, engage with them, feel with them, be with them, to bless them. And it just came to me like this. You know, there's a question for us in this are we aloof or aligned? Are we aloof or are we aligned? Are we just separate, distant, or are we alongside people looking to bless them? That's one outshot of this wonderful truth. He became, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So that's two so far. He came, he became. Now the other two uh, refer to really what the Father is doing more. You know, the Bible teaches a Father, Son and Holy Spirit, the Trinity. The next two are more the Father's actions. And here's the first. Sent. Sent. Uh, the term comes out especially in the writings of of John 
that the word sent, you might be surprised to know, occurs over 53 times in the Gospel of John. And uh, so many of them, most of them I would say, refer to Jesus being sent. Talking of the Father as the one who sent him. The Son has been sent. But I wanted to particularly focus on some of the verses we read from John's letter, the first letter of John, 1 John 4, so that you can see it referred to here so beautifully. And if you look in 1 John 4 and the verses we read, and you scan your eyes down, you'll notice it, I think it is three times. So beautifully, let me read verse 9. In this the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. Each of these is a, is a picture of a verse, isn't it, on themselves. Verse 10. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. They're pointing to the work of the cross. Verse 14. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the Saviour of the world. Now what does sent imply then? But it implies mission and purpose and task. Apostolo is the word and it's where we get our word apostles from. They are sent ones. There's perfect unity. The Father is willing to send. The Son is willing to be sent. The Father sent his Son to be the Saviour of the world. What a purpose, what a, what a mission, what a task. How much, how much we are involved in this. How miserable life and existence would be if this hadn't happened. But the Father sent his Son to be the Saviour of the world. Can you think back, some of you, your parents, to the first day of school um, for your child? Traumatic for any parent, isn't it? Especially the oldest, the first one that you take. Perhaps even more so if you have just the one child. You take them to the gate. You tell them to go. You, you know it's right, you know it's for their good, it won't be easy for them, it's not easy for you, but it's, it's necessary. You encourage them, maybe with some sort of gentle forcefulness in your voice, to go, to, 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 they must go, there's something ahead of them which you are sending them to. So much easier if the child is happy and compliant and gives you a wave rather than kicking and screaming and has to be yanked away by the, the teaching staff, sending your children somewhere do they need to go. 
Well, human illustrations are obviously limited, but the Father sent. There was great cost, I think, in sending. There's great cost in going. The Son is willing to come. The Father sent the Son for us to be the Saviour of the world. Well, what's a a, a practical outshot of this? Well, I think we could give a, a missionary application. We are all missionaries, aren't we? In one sense, doing God's will. We're going, we're, we're doing. And uh, we often refer to missionaries as overseas missionaries because there was something extra involved. There was extra going involved. And for Rosie, it's her last Sunday with us. And maybe any encouragement to you, Rosie, just to think of this theme of the Father sending the Son as you go to the other side of the world, a long way from us. Because being sent to do God's will and God's work as a blessing to others is God-like, is Christ-like. It gives an extra sort of weight and picture and paradigm is what they call it, isn't it? It's a paradigm of what we are doing. It's God's operation and we are copying it as we seek to do what's right in our lives for the Lord and follow his mission for us. One verse just to drive this home. Jesus speaking to his disciples after his resurrection. John chapter 20 verse 21. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. He sent. One left to go. Any ideas for the last one? Similar lines, but a a bit more. Well, you might be thinking of it. Gave. Gave. That's for the four that this uh, writer put. I just think I found them very helpful to think about. I hope you are. And this is similar, isn't it, to the last one? But it it adds a bit more, doesn't it? The phrase adds a bit more. Perhaps we could say it staggers us even more. It staggers us even more. Perhaps we could say it delves into God's heart even more. Gave. He gave. Well, you know the main verse that we would go to for this. It's the other... 3.16 that we're on to this evening. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. He gave. The Son was a a gift. The Son was sent but the Son was a, a gift. Was an act of Generosity was an act of kindness. And the verse says what was behind it, doesn't it? For God so loved the world that he gave. It's a gift of love from God to us. 
The verse gives some idea of the magnitude, the size of what was behind it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God gave his own Son. Romans 8 says something similar in verse 32. For he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? And so that's, that's the sort of a, the apex of a demonstration of, that is really the apex of demonstration of love in the entire universe, really. That God gave his son. God is a giving God. God is a a generous God. The Father is giving. God so loved the world that he gave his only Son. The Son is giving. He loved me and gave himself for me. The Spirit is giving. We talk of the gifts of the Spirit. The Spirit is giving. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, giving generous God. And here he gave his only begotten Son. What's the practical outshot then of this one? Well, it's it's quite obvious, isn't it? We had a good, simple uh, children's talk this morning. I was grateful Martin did it. Martin stood in for somebody else's poorly. And he came fresh from prison, um, but in a good sense. In fact, going to prison probably ties in with quite a few of the other things earlier on. But he was able to come here and did the children's talk. And it ties in nicely with this, isn't it? It's more blessed to give than receive. That as God is a giving God, so we should be giving people. As God is a generous God, we should be generous people. Another verse in Matthew 10, in some translations, freely you have received, freely give. We have many opportunities to give, don't we? We have perhaps extra opportunities at this time of year to give. And when we do so, it's not just a a nice thing, it is a nice thing, but for a Christian it has this extra... I'm going to say glow around it, I'm not quite sure. So it's an extra dimension, extra perspective. It is a, a God-like thing. It is just an outworking of what God has done to me because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So, four uh, words, four verbs describing God coming into this world came, became, sent, gave. Hopefully in combination, deepening a sense of worship and thankfulness. Little practical offshoots of them as well to think about our own lives. I wonder if after this, maybe at refreshments, 
somebody asked you which of those four you found most helpful this evening. wonder what you might say. Be different for different ones of us. Maybe somebody will ask you over refreshments which of the four you found most helpful. Maybe you might even gently ask somebody else over refreshments which of the four was most helpful. I hope there's been some help in these great words, in this wonderful theme that we've looked at this evening. I'll just allow a little moment to think about the words, think about what most helps you from them this evening and then I'll pray before our last hymn. Lord, we thank you for the richness of your word. We thank you for the the beautiful and seismic things which are described in it. We thank you to be able to explore these terms this evening. We pray they might be a blessing to us and through that they might make us bless you and might help us to be a blessing to others. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. We go to our last hymn, and I asked Rosie for a choice, because it's our last Sunday with us, and uh, she chose In Christ Alone. I thought it fitted in so well that I'd have it as the the last hymn uh, this evening. I want to read particularly the second verse, which ties in with quite a lot of what we've looked at this evening. In Christ alone who took on flesh, fullness of God in helpless babe, this gift of love and righteousness scorned by the ones he came to save, till on that cross as Jesus died, the wrath of God was satisfied, for every sin on him was laid, here in the death of Christ I live. Let's sing together our last song.
Heavenly Father, we then commit ourselves to you at the end of this service. We commit to you, Rosie, particularly heading off tomorrow back to serve the people of Papua New Guinea, to be of help to the churches, to encourage the production of literature, to look to be a blessing on the leaders in that area, to teach the women, particularly in the churches, uh, to be an ambassador for you in bringing the gospel to those she's in contact with. Do bless her and help her, refresh her and strengthen her. Give her wisdom as to what her priorities should be in what might prove to be her last stint out there. Help her to know how to encourage others to continue in the work to carry it on forwards. Bless her in her relationships out there as she seeks to influence others. Feed her from your word so that she might be able to give. Lord, help her in the transition uh, as she makes the bit-by-bit journey over in these coming days. Help her with that adjustment that it leads to. Help her to settle in well again back there. As we pray for her in her very obvious mission and purpose, so we pray for us all. Help us, Lord, to be your servants in our daily calling, in our daily contacts and friendships, Help us to be God-like, to be Christ-like in the way in which we go about things. Help us to be fuelled by the things that we have heard this evening that those things may feed through in our own attitudes and our own lives. And so we pray all this for the glory of your holy and generous and wonderful name. Amen.